Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Okay, so each week we've been constructing these four pillars for our faith to stand on. So week one was our standing in the finished work. He is our chief cornerstone. Look at this NASB uh, translation. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. We have to firmly place the cornerstone, which is the finished work of Christ, Jesus, in our heart. Absolutely everything that we are believing for and standing on is about the finished work of Christ and what he did for us. And it's a costly cornerstone. You know, the love of God poured out, poured out the mercy, poured out upon us. And it cost Jesus everything. It's costly. And continuing to continually looking at him and our standing in our situation, like our standing in the finished work regarding our situation. So look at the NIV version, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. One who relies on it will never be stricken with panic, even in the midst of symptoms. It is a sure foundation. He is our sure foundation. Everything. It is absolute, right? We won't be disturbed or stricken with panic because we're going to have a revelation. And week two, the second pillar was developing the grace mindset to become a partaker the grace mindset tool, right? We we worked through that and there was more in there that we didn't get to. This is removing the fallow ground, the unsound doctrine, uprooting those faulty understandings, those faulty foundations, right? Dismantling strongholds, seeing the subtlety of how the devil works and rebuilding with correct understanding, of basically just how the kingdom of God operates and the goal being that we naturally walk in the grace mindset. We have correct thinking according to our new creation man, according to the new creation heart and the new creation being that we are. We're a different creature. So the goal is to be to walk naturally in the grace mindset to where we understand all the parts, all the bits and pieces, and we just see life through our eyes, through our new creation eyes. That's the goal. So it doesn't happen instantly. This is why we have to get this stuff in. You can't skip to the end. Today's the culmination, right? You can't just sort of skip to this and hope to get the manifestation because we're talking about the manifestation today. No, you have to get everything that went before. So week three, 
no longer blindsided in battle. This is our third pillar. This is the practical application of the armor of God through the testing of our faith, right? We saw that the armor is not supposed to be this ethereal metaphor, but a practical thing that we use every day to withstand the attacks of the enemy, right? We use it daily against the calculated arguments that the devil uses that rises up against our knowledge of God, our personal relationship knowledge of God. We can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, to his obedience, that he did it perfectly, right? Remember that? And we take a military-like resistance in the evil day and we can withstand, right, whenever he tries to test our faith and take our inheritance from us. We'll refuse to be removed and we forcibly stand our ground. And he can't take it out of our hands, right? So our spiritual weapons, they start in the invisible realm, but they have a physical effect and nothing can get through our armor when we understand it properly and we know how to activate it and we are activating it daily in our every moment. So that was a powerful look at how to use, practically use the armor. Okay, and so today is the tipping point when faith arises. This is the fourth pillar. This is where it all comes together. So the tipping point will happen when believing and speaking unto faith turns into believing and speaking from faith. This is one of the grace mindsets. So the grace mindset recognizes the difference between the confession unto faith and the confession of faith. So we've got to understand there is a difference between mentally agreeing with the word and we've got to understand that that's not faith, right? Believing the word of God and saying the word of God is not biblical faith. This is the speaking and believing unto faith, right? And you know what? This is why we've been so disappointed. We've been standing, believing the word, speaking it, and we're so disappointed because symptoms haven't changed. That was me. I get it. But there's something missing. It's okay. Don't worry. There's just something in between. And this is what we're talking about today. So we need to understand the difference, right? Biblical faith automatically speaks and acts. And it is the confession of faith. So here's an example of that. Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is the end result of the confession of true faith. Salvation is not just, you know, eternal life. Salvation is the manifestation of what we're believing for in our situation, the here and now, the believing for all of the grace giftings coming to pass, the healing, the deliverance and protection, 
the provision and favor. Everything we need is covered in these four things, right? The manifestation of these things is our salvation here and now. If you look at the word sozo, it's it's all inclusive. So that is the confession unto faith. Sorry, that is the confession of faith versus the confession unto faith. So Joshua 1:8 is a good example of that. The book of the this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So we meditate in it. We mutter that word. I'm going to show you a bit later on today. Um, we mutter it. It means to mutter, to muse. That's how we meditate on the word. We say it until we see it, <laughs> right? And then it becomes the confession of faith. And that's why we become a doer. We observe to do. Do you see this scripture? Remember the James 1 scripture that talks about don't be just a doer, um, a hearer of the word, but a doer. And that word is the word poetes. And we saw that a poet is someone who has a revelation from the bottom of their heart and they speak it. Right? That's how we're a doer of the word. We get a revelation of it and we speak it. <laughs> so look at this. We meditate on it day and night. We mutter it. We muse on it so that we may be able to observe and to do according to all that is written in it. Do you see the link between those two scriptures? Yes. For then we will make our way prosperous and then we will have good success. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. So when she heard about Jesus, she, became, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Well, what did she hear? She heard about Jesus teaching and healing, right? Well, the thing that's amazing about her is that she instantly recognized him as the Messiah. How did she do that? Other people didn't do that. How did she know that he was the Messiah? And how do I know that? Well, let's have a look. She hadn't had to have an intimate knowledge of him long before she heard about Jesus an intimate knowledge of the Messiah, right? She knew her Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah. She recognized him as the Messiah because she spent her life meditating on scriptures like this. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. In Psalm 147, 2, 3, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. Oh, my goodness, she was an outcast. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. She must have like pressed into those scriptures. That would have been her jam, that one, <laughs> right? Compare her to the Pharisees who literally spent every single day of their life studying the ultimate Testament scriptures and they did not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Just look at that for a second.
Isn't that amazing? Doesn't it show you how amazing her faith was? She had an intimate understanding of the Messiah way before she ever heard of Jesus. So that being said, what caused her to touch the hem? Why did she think that touching his clothes she would be made well, right? And she came behind and touched the border of his garment. Why? She knew Malachi 4.2. <laughs> but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. That word wings is the Hebrew word kanaf, and it refers to the edge of the prayer shawl, the talit. Look at that, Numbers 15, 38. Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners, kanaf, that word is kanaf, of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels in the corners, of the corners. And that word in the Greek is krespidon. That's how the Greek translated kanaf. And look right there, hem of the garment. So she recognized him as the Messiah by revelation. And because she had the revelation faith of who he was, she knew that healing was going to be in the hem of his garment. <laughs> she didn't try, have to try to have faith. She got that by revelation. She just knew it. And because she knew that scripture, she automatically knew what she had to do. She didn't have to manufacture a work of faith. It was just an automatic response. <laughs> Do you see that? Oh, so good. So an action of faith is the automatic result of true revelation faith. So we can't walk in the new creation if we don't have an intimate knowledge of who he is, what he did, and where we stand because of it. That's why week one is so important. Everything comes back to the finished work of Christ. It's got everything has to do with it. I think I've said this before. Every single one of my messages has the finished work of Christ. I always talk about it. You can't not preach the gospel and not have the finished work of Christ because everything is because of it, <laughs> right? So we have to have an intimate knowledge of who he is and where we stand. And are you prepared to press through the crowd to get that intimate revelation, knowledge, understanding in your heart, not just in your head? right? We've got to get it from here to here. So biblical faith and revelation faith, same thing, is a sure expectation. It's a deep knowing. We see something is done, right? Our spiritual eyes see it clearly. This is what the grace mindset is all about, right? When we see things according to our new creation man, we see things and we get it. And that prompts spirit-empowered, spirit-prompted actions of faith. 
and they're the obvious thing to do, right? For her, touching the hem was obvious, right? So absolutely nothing was going to stop her from pressing through the crowd. She had to deny all of the doubts, all of, all of those things that were assaulting her thinking. For us, this is symptoms. This is the pain in the midst of it. We're going to press through the crowd. She wasn't supposed to touch anyone, right? let alone press through a crowd and touch the rabbi. <laughs> she was not supposed to do that, but she just knew what she had to do and nothing was going to stop her. And she spoke her faith. She probably spoke it over and over to herself, right? Faith always has a corresponding action. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead, right? Faith, true revelation faith, has just an automatic action. It's going to cause us to do something that we weren't doing before and it's going to cause us to speak. Yep. So acting on faith is activating it. And physical symptoms have to get in line when we activate our faith. They have to. That's how it works. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She activated her faith. She released her faith as she went and touched the garment and virtue involuntarily came out of Jesus and into her and symptoms immediately. These are the suddenlies. This is what we're after, right? So nothing changed until she acted on it, right? She had the revelation. She had the faith. But it wasn't until she actually pressed through the crowd and she actually reached out and touched the hymn that the, the virtue was released. She took hold of it immediately. So what is the pressing through the crowd in your situation, right? We have to fight off all of those contrary things that we're seeing and that we're feeling. We have to counter it by the word of God. We have to just push those things out by flooding our mind with the word of God, right? Every doubt, every fear in the face of symptoms Abraham did not consider his own body. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider it. You know what? He, they wavered, right? But he got to the place. He just didn't even consider it anymore. He just knew God was able and faithful and he would do what he said he would do. This is equivalent to us having made the decision that the word of God is forever settled in heaven and nothing moves us off that, <laughs> right? We can look at a dead flesh, a dead body, a dead womb, 
and we don't even consider it. So what is that for you? Not accepting doctor's reports, right? Obviously, pain and symptoms. There's going to be the, those time, that time where we're going to feel symptoms. We're going to feel nothing has changed. Yet we're standing, we're believing, and we're, we're not budging. We know it's done, and we're not budging. And we're just going to flood our minds with the word, right? So what other things? Friends and family, naysayers, people who think we're crazy, we're foolish. Because, you know, when we're standing in faith, we do things that don't look like the world. The natural man does not receive the things of the world, but the does not the, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God because they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So we're going to do things that don't seem right. We're going to have to stand up against. Friends and family, well-meaning friends and family that maybe even get angry at us for doing things in a certain way. We have to stand up against all of it. This is us pressing through the crowd. So what is that in your situation? Could be so many different things. But guess what? Faith gets God's attention. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you when you say, who touched me? <laughs> right? Everybody was touching him. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. There was only one touching him with her faith. Right? Often we think we're touching him with our faith, but we're in actions that we've sort of manufactured, right? Works of the flesh and natural thinking. Works of our own strength, right? Speaking scripture from rote memorization rather than Holy Spirit inspired remembrance that's the job of the holy spirit to bring us into remembrance of everything that jesus did according to us and according to our situation he wants us to do this in relationship with him we have to do it in relationship it's not going to be done outside of that so we need revelation this is where we what we do and say is prompted by him. And we've got to sit at his feet until we perceive something. Right? We've got to continually submit ourselves to being able to receive revelation by the renewing of our mind. Seeking the face of God the Father through fellowship with the Holy Spirit at the altar of the word of God, which is Jesus. And that's the Trinity right there. Praying in tongues, right? 
Praying in tongues is how he speaks to us. Oh, there's a great scripture in Isaiah. You know, with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, he will speak to his people. Yeah, I go into that in, into a message that I just did recently on day 19 on the chapter that's called Believers Believe and the message is called, what is it called? Oh, it's going to come to me. You should watch that video. I go into a lot of how to press in to the Holy Spirit, how we hear, how we discern the difference between the true Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit versus our own natural reasoning or another spirit. How do we discern that and how do we just get that clear once and for all? We've all struggled with that, right? I go into that video in detail about how to do that. And we've, we've just been going into this, you know, the living water, the rhema word of God. This is where it's all at. This is how we receive revelation. So tongues is essential to seek the face of God the Father in fellowship with the Holy Spirit over the word of God at the altar of the word, which is Jesus. And we do it by putting our eyes on the word, praying in tongues, expecting to hear his rhema word. It's how we do it. Okay. So her faith drew out the anointing and activated the dunamis power of God. But Jesus said, somebody touch me for I perceive power going out from him, from me. As soon as we release faith, having pressed through the crowd, it will manifest. Your healing is done. We've got to press through the crowd with true faith, true revelation faith, in a, just an automatic action of faith. And when we release our faith in that action, it will manifest. It causes a release of the dunamis power. It went out involuntarily from Jesus. She took it because it was there for the taking and she knew it. We do the same thing. We know healing is there. It's ours. It's done. Right? We've got to press into that revelation and just we're not going to stop. We're going to press through that crowd, whatever that is for us, whatever that is for you. Listen, she was the only one. Others could have done it. They didn't. There's another scripture where it talks about other people touching the hem. So they did. They did recognize him as the Messiah. It's another scripture. But in this moment, she was the only one. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So we can't summon faith, right? So how do we, how do we get faith? So here's another grace mindset. The grace mindset knows how to receive revelation that leads to effortless faith. This is what we're talking about today. It's all about revelation. 
The power of God is in the word of God, right? You hear me say that all the time because through the revelation of the word, right, it comes, comes the faith that prompts an action of faith and the action of faith causes a release of power. That's how it happens. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema word of God. So we know that, and again, I've spoken a lot about this in the last several weeks in my weekly videos. Um, this hearing is not the verb of hearing. It's not the doing of hearing. It's the noun. It's a perceiving. It's the hearing which so it's your perceiving, your inner perceiving, and and perceiving by the rhema word of God. That word is Christos. It shouldn't be God. It should be Christ. And whenever you see Christ, Christos comes from the word creo, which is oil. So it relates to the anointing, the oil, the Holy Spirit, the empowerment. You see that? That message is called developing and trusting our spiritual ear. Developing and trusting our spiritual ear. It's based on day 19 of, of the book, chapter 19. So to get faith, we have to hear, we have to perceive, right? So we're not conformed to how the world sees things, perceives things. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So instead of having a similar outward expression of the world that sees and conducts their life according to their five senses, according to the natural world, we're not conformed to the world. We're not suske madizo. <laughs> I love that word. It sounds cool, doesn't it? We don't have a similar outward expression as the world. We are to be instead metamorphosed, metamorphosis, right? Transfigured, <laughs> not just transformed. That word metamorphuo is the word to be transfigured. It's the same word. Matthew 17, 1, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. The transfiguration had a visible effect on Jesus' physical flesh, right? What they saw is what is happening to us as we are in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Look at that. The metamorphuo is the change after being with the Holy Spirit changing form in keeping with the inner reality. When we spend time with the Holy Spirit, our inner reality changes and it causes a change to our outside. 
It has a physical effect on our body. We can see that when people first come into Christ, their face changes. Have you ever seen that when the Holy Spirit first enters somebody? We can see a physical difference in their face. We can also see, like, we can perceive that glow sometimes when people have been in the presence of God. You know, there's been a long time praying in tongues over the word, right, which is what we're talking about. Change with being from being with the Holy Spirit, metamorphosed, transfigured. This is what we're going to look like when the transfiguration, when the renewing of the mind is complete, which will happen when we see Christ, right? <laughs> you know, when we see things like this, we can really put our faith on that visual picture. And we can put a faith demand on that, right? When you see that and you know that what you being in the presence of the Lord is having a physical effect, you can see it in your mind's eye. You can see yourself glowing in your mind's eye. You can put a faith on your faith on that and it'll have an effect. You see that? Yes. So our inner reality is physically changing our outside. <laughs> so the revelation of healthy doctrine has a physical effect. It changed the change that comes from understanding the word correctly. Right? And when the Holy Spirit prompts it, right? Prompts something up in us that we didn't see before. We can't appropriate what we can't see. But when we do see it, it immediately changes us. We do and say things differently. And when we do and say things differently, everything changes. Everything. <laughs> so revelation of his word in relationship with the Holy Spirit has a metamorphosis effect, literally a transfiguration is happening to us. This is how we defy gravity. Okay, defying gravity. This is a metaphorical picture of how we overcome the corruption that's in the world and in our flesh. You've heard me say this, right? We don't have to accept anything to do with the curse, which is any oppression of the devil. And this is how we defy gravity, right? So in the same way, that we can overcome gravity by the higher law of aerodynamics. We can overcome the law of sin and death and the corruption that's in the world and in our flesh by the higher law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And we talked about this, life in Christ Jesus, where we're completely relying on him. We're not relying on ourselves. We saw... That fear is us relying on ourselves. We're not relying on God because we're in fear. Fear is unbelief and we're out of grace ground when we're in fear. This is why it's crucial to not allow it, okay? You can't stop yourself feeling the fear. All you can do is flood it out with the word of God. 
You cannot allow it. It'll keep you sick. You are not sick. The devil wants to keep you in a place where you cannot access what is yours. And when you're in fear, when you're you're not in fear, right? You are not. But when somebody else is in fear, <laughs> they're in unbelief and they're in, they're in fear because they're seeing that they their inability to provide for themselves in a cursed earth and in a cursed flesh. Do you see that? And so because the reliance is on ourselves and or, oh, no, I can't, I don't have any ability, you can see we're in, we're in our own strength, we're in our own effort, we're relying on our own ability. We're not in faith relying completely on his ability. <laughs> Do you see that? Subtle trick. Subtle trick. Okay. So defying gravity is us relying, standing in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus where we're in complete reliance on him and his finished work and that we qualify perfectly. It doesn't have anything to do with us. This is all day one. Right? Nothing can get us out of that place. Our arm is full in place. We know who we are and where we stand. Right? We're not going to be fooled and we're not going to be drawn out into self-effort and onto cursed ground. This is how we defy gravity. And believing and speaking from revelation faith is equivalent to thrust and lift, which are the two principles that operate the law of aerodynamics that overcomes gravity. <laughs> so believing and speaking from revelation faith is what causes us to be able to fly above the corruption that's in the world and in the flesh. And we can expect divine health and every provision. But we can't let the throttle off for a minute because as soon as you let the throttle off when you're flying a plane, what happens? You're going to start going down because the natural law, you're just going to come under the law of gravity. So we have to stay in this place. This is, we have, we're learning to live here. <laughs> you see that? Okay. This is the last pillar of our fortress of faith. This is what we've been talking about, right? The revelation. The tipping point, right? When faith arises. I'm going to give you a summary right now of how to appropriate the healing that is done literally in five points. <laughs> okay. I'm Yes, I am. This is how to appropriate the healing that is done, okay? We seek wisdom. What is the Holy Spirit saying about the word that we're bringing him, right? That wisdom, this is two, wisdom causes understanding. That understanding has the transfiguring effect in relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? That understanding causes automatic and effortless faith. 
that's true Bible faith. And the faith prompts an automatic action of faith, which is also speaking in faith. And that action of faith, when we actually go and do it and say it and walk in it, causes the dunamis release of power, <laughs> which brings the manifestation. Did you get that? And I know you saw that picture in the woman with the issue of blood. That's how she did it. Yep. This is how it happens. I just told you in five points how healing works, right? We can't do this if we don't have the, all the things that have gone before, right? Our four pillars, our fortress is standing and now it's continually growing. So here are our four pillars. Number one is we understand our standing in the finished work, right? We know who we are and where we stand. We're no longer subject to the curse or any oppression. He became a curse for us. So we don't have to stand for any of it. The second pillar is we are developed in our grace mindset, right? We're getting to where our grace mindset is natural thinking. We think according to our new creation man, right? We have a mature understanding of correct doctrine. Yep. We understand the correct ways to view ourselves in the situation, whatever the situation is. And then the third is we're no longer blindsided in battle. We understand how to use our armor, right? It never fails us, never. We can stand in the evil day, resolute, trusting that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And what we see in the natural is irrelevant, right? We need to stop checking. Is the symptom still there? Is the symptom still there, right? Oh, it's still there. No. Symptoms have to become irrelevant, right, to where we're refusing. We have refused to be moved. doesn't matter what we see. doesn't matter what we feel. And I know. It's a lot easier to say than to do, but we can. God has given us the ability because we're putting the word in there and the word is going to cast this stuff out. It's going to give us the ability to have faith in the midst of it, right? So we're refusing to be moved, forcefully standing our ground. That's our third pillar. No longer blindsided. The devil can't get us to fall for anything anymore and the tipping point when faith arises the fourth pillar this is where we know how to continually submit ourselves to the renewing of the mind right we know how to seek the face of God in fellowship with the Holy Spirit at the altar of the word of God praying in tongues praying without ceasing look at this rejoice always pray without ceasing that's pray with that pray with tongues right? In everything, give, thank, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is our everyday posture. We've got to get to where this is our everyday posture. There's just no substitute for the word, right? We've got to continually put more word in 
for the Holy Spirit to work on. This is our new normal, right? And we give thanks to God, right? We can truly rejoice because we know it's done, right? We know it's already done. We know we already have what we're believing for. We're not trying to get it. And we speak it. <laughs> but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. And that word meditate is the word to muse, to mutter. We speak it. Right? We meditate it. We get it in there. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. This is us walking in authority and power, living in our fortress continually. This is how we're born of the Spirit. We live according to the Spirit. We walk according to the Spirit. We sow to the Spirit. Our new normal, right? And we never accept the corruption that's in the world and in our flesh. This is how we live defying gravity. <laughs> I got one more grace mindset. The grace mindset partakes of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world and in the flesh. He's qualified us to be a partaker right now. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See that? The grace, all the grace giftings that we're believing for, healing, deliverance, provision, favor, which is everything that we need, grace and peace is multiplied in the knowledge of Jesus, in the revelation of the finished work. Do you see that? As accordingly, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, the revelation of him, who <laughs> called us by glory and virtue. That's the glory, the Holy Spirit resurrection power and the virtue. That's our new creation heart that causes us to walk right. By which having have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See that? All because of him. And look at this scripture. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in continually growing and maturing in the revelation of the finished work. This is how we access every grace by faith. We're able to understand it in our heart and take hold of everything by faith. This is the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is it, everybody. Oh, my goodness. 
we have come to the end of this four weeks. I have loved every single minute of this. I'm so happy and excited to hear from you guys and hear the revelation that you're getting and hearing how it's having an effect. The power of God is in the word of God. Keep pressing in, keep connecting with me. Like I said, I've got so much more to just keep bringing out. Oh, my goodness. It's exciting. The word of God is exciting. I think you got that from me, right? <laughs> I'm excited by the word of God because I've seen what it does where we live. We live in this grace by faith, <laughs> defying gravity. My life first, John 14, 12. He who believes in me will do the things I do and even greater because I go to the Father. We should expect that. This is it, right? So anyway, I have to say goodbye. Thank you so much for coming on board. Thanks for connecting with me and watching my videos. And it's been great. So I have to say goodbye. Oh, my goodness. It just flew by. Thank you. I love you all. I'm excited for what's to come. And don't forget, the power of God is in the Word of God. <laughs> Love you all. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says... And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.